This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And on the program today, we remember Toby Keith. American girls and American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling Sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the Fourth of July. Thanks, Toby Keith, for all the great songs and uh, for lifting our spirits uh, when uh, <clears throat> we had a national heartbreak going on. Uh, Toby Keith left us first part of this week at age 62 from stomach cancer, and uh, we ask uh, God to lay a special place at your table for him. Uh, he loved this country. He loved all of us, and, uh, and we loved him. Uh, introducing uh, today, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and... Guardians. Guardians. There we go. Guardians. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we have uh, Colonel Paul Simonelli in Florida. We have S- Captain Steve Amato in studio. Hey, Paul. How how y'all doing? Doing okay. All right. We are hanging in there. So, I got a lot I want to talk about today, uh, and I'll ask you to bear with me. Sure. Sure. This is. Uh, We're very tolerant here. You are, and. It's appreciated. For a bunch of More old white racists know. that we are. You know. mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, first, let's talk about what's going on with our military and uh, those that are being put in harm's way today and every day by the current administration. We have, uh, we have folks been involved in a series of bombing missions and Steve uh-huh. I wanted to ask you I don't know if you noticed or not have you noticed anything about the nature of the uh, attacks 
that we've perpetrated in response to the attacks on our troops? Well, I've noticed uh, they lack a lot of fizz. I mean, uh, we we've uh, we keep saying we're neutralizing them and we're. Uh, we're, we're countering them and we're having a measured response and all this other stuff. But I never hear them talk about destroying the enemy. Destruction well, of the enemy is used to be our, our uh, yardstick. Did we, did right. we destroy the airfield? Did we, did we, when we bombed Libya in 86, our yardstick was how long can we keep this field from uh, being usable? And I don't know, probably... A month, a good month at that field that was cratered so bad that they couldn't use it. So that right. Benina Airfield was um, worthless as a, uh, a military uh, asset when BA-55 and VA-34, the other guys, got, got done bombing it. So, Well, a couple of things, and you sort of brought up a point indirectly here. Uh, we haven't heard a lot about the battle da- damage assessments and... Uh, I don't know how much we're going to hear about that. Uh, they had plenty of warning, so who knows? They could have cleared those sites out. Um, uh-huh. But what I find more interesting that uh, we're using a lot of assets that we typically don't use in these type of attacks. Who's not participating in these attacks, Steve? Uh, I don't know if you've done a deep dive in them or not. No, I, I noticed that the uh, the Brits have have pulled back, and our I'm, allies haven't. I really... mean, about our forces, no, our, about forces. our forces. Who, you know who hasn't participated? Uh, uh, well, uh, I'm I'm thinking out loud here. I haven't seen the Air Force much involved. No, you haven't seen the Navy. Well, the Navy's got its own problems, Paul. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to that. <laughs> okay. Let me get to this. All right. Um, I'm so the Air Force has been carrying the bucket on this, including sending uh, B-1 bombers from the center of the United States all the way over there to drop precision munitions. Right, well, all the way from CONUS, but not from the theater. Right. I, I mean, what, whatever happened to all so, the theater assets we had? Well, in so here's, yeah. here's what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got two thoughts on this, and both of them are just my ideas. Uh-huh. These aren't factual. Sure, yeah, go ahead. I can't find anything. Right. Um, one, we have a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who's Air Force, and he wants to make sure his boys get in the game. <laughs> That's one. But I could almost live with that. Yeah. Uh, the second one is much scarier for me, and I think based on a couple of articles I've read, uh, I think the Navy and I think U.S. Department of Defense in general has got a munitions problem. No. And I that's think a that's good why point. the Navy is sitting this out and that we're sending B-1 bombers all the way from CONUS, from, that's continental United right, States, right. to Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you Paul, when, when, we, when we used to plan the strikes on these uh, targets in, in the Middle East, we did a lot of the... Um, the uh, uh, asset uh, uh, employment from uh, places like Whiteman Air Force Base, or uh, you know, we had the B two bombers coming over from uh, overseas on these long, long loiter flights, uh, and they had to get refueled several times over open ocean. Uh, but we did it because we wanted to prove we could do it, and we, you know, we had major exercises, and and we always came through looking good in those exercises because. 
Uh, you know, we, we brought them all from the, from from uh, the continental U.S. and they the B fifty two showed up on time. It was a beautiful thing, but. You know, uh, I, I never really thought about it, but it could be a, an ordinance issue. You're right. It, you never know. <laughs> but uh, wouldn't it be ridiculous if it turned out that was the case? I don't think we're that far off. I mean, I've, I just saw a couple articles in industry uh, uh, newsletters today talking about interruption in uh, delivery to the Navy. Hmm. Really? Well, so, it's the same munition for the uh, for the Air Force and the Navy. I mean, they're uh, they're 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 joint. Uh, you know, uh, um, I understand, but I, I understand, I, but I, but I wouldn't be put it past the the Air Force to do a better job of um, of stashing their their ammo than the Navy. The Navy's probably used a lot of it up, and uh, you know, when we when we go to sea, we do a lot of um, practice uh, missions over water. And, um, you know, we usually drop uh, 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 dummy bombs, but a lot of times they're out there, you know, doing uh, b- bombing the water with uh, standard ordnance just to see the effect of it. So we could have used up a lot of our ammo ahead of time, and now we're, we're you know, we're, we're sucking wind. Are we, still, well, you know, uh, are, Navy, are, we, are we still bombing, like, empty warehouses and stuff for well, oh, theatrical? That's, that's the are, next yeah. issue. Yeah, that's that's the next issue. We're talking about battle damage assessment. Are we... Uh, having any kind of effect, and uh, I want to talk about back up and do a little bit of a bigger issue, and that's we don't accomplish anything uh, just using the military. Uh, a country has, and you know, Bob, you've heard me say this since we started the show back in 2015. You know, we have multiple elements of power. And uh, to break it down to its most basic uh, elements, you can use the word dime, diplomatic, information, military, and economic. And when Trump was in office, we were firing on all four of those cylinders with Iran. And when we come back, I'm just going to summarize those very quickly and show what we're not doing now and why we're having the problem with Iran that we're having now. We'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. On the WISL station. Go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Your stuff. 
deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Be sure to tell a buddy about the program. We appreciate you being along here. And, oh, wait a minute, I forgot this. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplane Museum. Let's not forget... Forget our vaunted, beloved sponsors here on Valor Radio. On the WISL stations, here's the colonel. Thanks. So very quickly, I was talking about the elements of power that a nation have. And as it relates to how we were dealing with Iran three years ago, and during the Trump administration, we were firing on all four cylinders. Uh, diplomatically, we applied pressure with um, folks around the world, other countries. We told the other countries, if you violate the, the sanctions we have on Iran, there's going to be ramifications for you. Uh, we told this to China. We told this to other people. And they, they weren't buying oil from Iran. Uh, we told... We made it very clear around the world. We used economic. We, we had these sanctions, and these sanctions are still all there. They're just not being enforced since this administration came in. Uh, informationally, we, we let the world know, and without mincing words, what a pariah Iran was and what they were doing around the world. And militarily, we held back, except one or two. We killed a couple of key leaders, but once again, we didn't lead with the military. We held it there as a threat, and a couple of times we used them, and we, we showed that we weren't afraid to use them, and which made them even more of a potent threat. And a combination of all those things, Iran was starved for cash, uh, they weren't able to sell their oil, uh, and we had them under control. They didn't have money to feed all these groups around the world that we're the victims of right now, as well as other countries in the world. All that changed when uh, Biden, when this administration came into office. So, and, pa- Paul, and- what, what, what is, what's the deep background here? Do these people... Like, hate the country, and they're trying to undermine it? I mean, what would they do differently, right? The, I, I, I'm not completely sure, other than a couple of things. You know, when the Biden administration has been a continuation 
of the two Obama administrations. There's yes. no doubt about that. Third, this is Obama's third term. Third, um, term. Whoever is whoever the puppet master is behind the scenes, Susan Rice, you know Barack Obama himself, Michelle Obama. I don't know who it is. Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett. Um, whoever it may be, it's really just been a continuation, and and this was what was going on during the eight years that Obama he wanted a reset um, with Iran. And they thought that they could accomplish their objectives uh, without any sort of <clears throat> stick, with just carrots. <laughs> and, and obviously it wasn't working. Uh, and we saw uh, when Donald Trump came into office a different approach, and it worked. Uh, also on the diplomatic, when Trump came into office, his absolute unwavering, at least publicly, support for Israel by moving the embassy to Jerusalem, um, his negotiation with uh, the other Arab countries to work around the PLO question, the Abraham Accords. And this made Iran crazy. And so, once again, he used every element of American power unbelievably sophisticated you know they call him a buffoon they call him all these names yet if you sit back and you study what he did in relation to iran there has never been in at least since 1979 when iran went rogue we haven't seen such a sophisticated and coordinated uh foreign policy policy towards Iran, as we did during the Trump administration. Well, give some credit also to Mike Pompeo, who was his messenger. I mean, if you know anything I, about I Mike Pompeo. I think Pompeo's a tool. I don't think much of him. You, you don't? I really don't. Really? I think yeah, he, I think. I, 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 I agree with I, Paul on this you one. You do? He's an yeah. he, he's, he's insider in the Beltway. They're all insiders, and, Paul. And well, this, this one in particular. Well, I, yeah, I, he think, served I think a Mike purpose Pompeo for has some credibility. And and I think that when he met with foreign leaders and he passed the word from the administration that he got their attention. I think so, but that 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 may be the case. Um, but uh, this really is, and and if you look at all the people that worked their way through the administration and some really good people, some bad people, hmm. but yeah, we had really, some bad ones too. Trump was the one. Um, constant mm -hmm. and this was an unbelievably like i said sophisticated it was uh coordinated effort and really this is this is a case study in how to deal with an adversary without just let's go drop some bombs and that's what we're doing today that's all we're doing you know right remember now. remember what robert gates said about <laughs> joe biden been He's wrong. been on the wrong side <laughs> of every foreign policy decision in the last 40 years. And, and he's proving it, you know, you know uh, prospectively. You now. know, Gates said about that. He, he recently said that had he known that Joe Biden was going to run for president again, he would never have made that statement. He said that he, he realized that it, it put uh, Biden in a, in, a, in a tough situation and in, in his uh, camp in a, in a uh, bad light going into the election. So. 
Uh, Bob Gates, uh, there was a, a moment of clarity there, but uh, I don't think you'd probably get it today. Well, every once in a while, you know. <laughs> uh, like you, a busted get, clock. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only Bob Gates had stopped him from he being elected. He didn't say it wasn't yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, Steve, he never said it wasn't true. No. He just oh, no, he never said, said it wasn't he wouldn't true. say it. He wouldn't say it. That's right. That's all he said. So, yeah. Well, if you, I'm told if you stop anybody in the halls of Congress and ask who's known you know Joe Biden throughout his career, they will all tell you that he's just he was like this, you know, this helpless, hapless kind of buffoon, buffoon. that everybody, everybody humored That's exactly. And you good know, old boy, a back slapper. Yeah, you know, and, and not very bright, not and, very bright. And no. The crooked is all get out right. and. You know, all these and a grandstander. Gosh, I couldn't stand watching. Oh, yeah, shooting his mouth off all the time, burying his teeth all the time. Absa- absurd things. The the one thing about uh, Joe Biden that they will all tell you is he's an immaculate dresser. Oh, impeccable! Uh, Absolutely, wardrobe, the best yeah. suits, and huh. you, you look at him; he's very natty. Well, he he had to be to get all those women. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, don't you mean he, girls? Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, if you want to sniff some hair, you got to look good, buddy. <laughs> All right. So now uh, I'm going to change gears very quickly here. And I guess the only connection to the military is there'll probably be some flame, uh, some jets flying over on Sunday in Las Vegas. But yeah. I've got to tell you, I'm, I've told you before, but... Uh, uh, I'm just going to say this. I've been venting uh, with my friends and family, and I'm going to say it on the air. I'm fi- I've been finished with the NFL since 2020. And with the Super Bowl coming up and their decision that they're going to play yeah. uh, the black national yeah. anthem yeah. after the only national anthem. Yeah. I don't know if you heard this. They're going to play yeah. it after. Yeah, Yeah, I heard it. They're not going to play it before. They're going to make sure they play it after. And I think they're trying to make sure what happened last year doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, People didn't stand up for it. So they figure people will be standing up for the national anthem. And uh, I think they, you know, they'll, they'll stay standing for that. I'm hoping that there's this gigantic reaction where everybody sits down. Yeah, but there's not going to be, I, I wish so too, Paul, but it, 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 well, they did that whole thing with uh, uh, Needle Nose, whatever the guy's name was of the 49ers, the, the quarterback kneeling down. Uh, uh, Kaepernick? Kaepernick, thank Kaepernick. you. Kaepernick. Yeah, when, when they did that whole thing a few years ago, and Roger Goodell just, just folded like a, a, oh, he's, a house of cards. He's just an overpaid nitwit. Oh, he is. It just, you know, you knew that you knew he was going to do it. And when he did that, there was no way I was ever going to watch Another Super Bowl, and I, I, I won't. I just, I, I just I, watch the. Bills. I have no interest in what's Bills going is on. all it. That's it. Yeah, I, right. I'm, I'm you know, for the Bills, but uh, honestly, uh, I just, I can't watch the NFL anymore. Yeah. Two thousand one, you know, Sammy Sosa huh. hit a home run, <laughs> and what did he do? He pulled out an American flag and he carried it around. God with bless him. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen years later. Kaepernick kneels down Ugh. during the national anthem. And, you know, everything uh, the left touches, Barack Obama 
Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. schools, the media, uh, universities, they, they've just done their damage. There's, there's nothing left. They're, they're just doing everything they can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as, uh, as Dennis Prager said, without a doubt, um, e pluribus unum is dead. And for the left, they've scored another touchdown. Mm. We'll be back with more of Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. I love you so. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. We are back in here. Thanks so much for joining us on another Valor Radio. From our Florida studios, here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So, Steve, a little more distressing news. You keep it coming, Paul, for a change, <laughs> just for a change of pace. Now some distressing news. Um, I think I know where he's going with this one. The uh, Heritage Foundation. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew I was going Go there. ahead. Go ahead, Paul. Released its annual report on the Index of U.S. Military Strength. Yes, it's an annual report. And uh, they're saying... Pretty much overall, that uh, the U.S. military is in a world of hurt. Yes, um, big time. Now, the, all the, the term, services. The term they use is aging and understaffed. Aging, understaffed. Um, they 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 really just focus on hard power. They they really don't have a. DEI component to say how well they're <laughs> no. doing with that. Um, but they're really looking at capability, uh-huh. capacity, and readiness. And, and how do they, they feel about know, how do they feel about the size of the military? Well, Paul? we're getting there. Okay. All right. They want to know about the US military's ability to sustain itself through two major ongoing regional conflicts. Now, the Marine Corps scored the best. Their highest rating is very strong. Their lowest rating is very weak. The Marine Corps uh, was rated as strong. And, and it's the only it, service that did get Right, that and they're rating. saying that because the Marine Corps has never asked to focus on more than one right. regional conflict at a time. Right. You know, I didn't know that. The rest of the services. But, but they, that's, that's true. It's their own, a one war component. Right. Okay. Where the rest of the services have to be able to deal with multiple regional conflicts, two regional conflicts uh-huh. uh, at any given time. Um, the Air Force and the Space Force 
were considered marginal. <laughs> the yeah, army. I wonder, I wonder where they came up with that one, but go ahead. Um, our army was, was rated weak, and the navy very weak. <laughs> um, I'm not arguing. No, uh, I don't know how the air force got marginal because uh, I, I would. Well, put- that's because they've been hoarding all their bombs. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And by the way, do you know how much those uh, B-1 pilot, pilots and navigators get as a bonus every year so they stay in the Air Force? No, uh, probably about uh, 50 grand. Oh, oh, you're so old. <laughs> Say again. I don't know. About 100 grand. 100 grand. Uh, th- just so they don't leave? So they don't leave. Because otherwise they'll, they'll have a bunch of planes with nobody to fly them. Right. Oh, that's great. Um, Why don't they just make more, more necess- pilots? I'm sorry? Oh, oh, sorry. They can't do that because they're not bringing anybody in the door. Ah, uh, okay. It's, uh... Yeah. And they necessarily don't have to be in a, uh, an actual flying slot to get that bonus. You mean they don't have to be in a flying billet? Right. Oh, that's even better. So you can be working at the flying billet. You can be working at the air staff in, in the Pentagon, and you'll be so getting, you'll certain. Wow, that's a certain lot of money. staff positions are considered flight billets, oh, so they oh. continue to get their bonus while they're in those. Oh, that's great! You can't be permanently in a flight status. So, but they don't want to lose the people mm-hmm. because it takes too long to train them. Uh huh. And so they're sought after, you know, positions, staff positions. Um, and so when you're not flying or navigating, you get one of those slots where you continue to get your uh, professional pay uh-huh. um, well, while well, now, you're not in the slot. Now I know why Heritage was so down on the uh, current military uh, uh, uh U.S. military in general, they said the active component is two-thirds the size of what it should be. Correct. The equipment is aging, and readiness is poor. (laughs) That's not good. Okay, and then it says the U.S. military is at risk of, quote, not being able to defend America's vital national interests with assurance, unquote. Boy, that's a scathing indictment of the military. Right. I've never, never heard that one before. This is the inevitable result of years of sustained use, underfunding, mm-hmm. poly, or poorly defined priorities, right. widely shifting security policies, right. exceedingly poor discipline and program execution, and profound lack of seriousness across national security establishment, even as threats to U.S. interests have surged. Well, we've been talking about the U.S. Navy's woes for, for a long time. And, uh, and we, we talk about how screwed up the Navy procurement system is and how they've, they've uh, gun-decked all the really important shipbuilding programs over the years. I mean, it, we get the situation with the, with the uh, littoral combat ships where they, they're scrapping an entire uh, class of ships that they spent uh, uh, decades planning for and getting. And now they're just they're, they're taking them out of the inventory. Can I jump in faster. Here? Ask, ask a couple of nomenclature questions. Uh-huh. What's gun decking mean? <laughs> gun decking is a uh, a term that uh, gun, when you're in formation when you're in a formation 
uh, and you you have weapons, you have a, a rifle. Yeah. Um, you, you, when you uh, manipulate your weapon, you know, port arms, order arms, you're never supposed to let your your the uh, plate on the bottom of the of the of the, the the rifle hit the deck. You're supposed to ease it down. There's right, Paul. Yes. Okay. Well, when you were at West Point, they probably made an art form out of it. But gun well, deck, for, gun. Decking, I didn't go to West Point. Remember? No, no, no. But so, you, your son did. Yes. But you saw a lot of that stuff. I, I didn't. I didn't go to a lot of uh, parade formations after I got out, or after I got out of OCS. But when we were in, um, we were uh, constantly berated about any kind of when we were working with a piece, what we used to call a piece. You never wanted to hear that thing drop on the deck. That was gun deck, and it, basically, it means you're you're. Uh, uh, you're, you're careless you're sloppy. And, you're, and you're sloppy. Yeah, yeah okay. there you go. And, and Latoral. Latoral combat ship? Um, uh, Latoral. I, I guess the whole Latoral system is like a, a coastal system, isn't it? I mean, they talk about the Latoral uh, area of, uh, you know, of the Mediterranean. They talk about it, it depends on where you are. I mean, it's uh, the, the LCS system was designed. Uh, to to uh, give the Navy more flexibility in wep- and, and what the weapons they would carry and how they would change out uh, engines and stuff like that. It turned out to be a horrible choice, and now they're, they just want to get rid of these ships. They don't want them around. Okay. All right. Just curious. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to s- no. sl- stop the proceedings. No. Go ahead. Where were you, Paul? So that's, that's just, uh, once again, I know they're saying it's heritage and it's conservative, so they're not going to say anything good, but right. I, I don't think they're going to find any disagreement with anybody who is rational and uh, looking at sure. this closely. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to let Brookings do their own assessment if they want to do it, and, and we can compare the two. But I think they come to the same conclusion because, uh, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear to anybody who's watching that the services right now are not cutting it. And... You know, that brought up another issue I was going to talk about later, but I'll just hit on it shortly. Um, right now, there are six former uh, battalion-level commanders. So that's lieutenant colonel rank 05 mm-hmm. or commander in the Navy yeah. um, who are on trial after being relieved for some crime that they committed allegedly while they were in command. Wow! Yeah, I saw that one. One is uh, Alan West's uh, nephew, right? The, four, the, Not, the field artillery battalion commander out of uh, uh, Lewis Fort McCord. Lewis. Yeah, um, he, I, I feel bad for him yeah. because he's probably being targeted because of who he is. Yeah, but you never know. But it the, says something's the, the wrong na- with the, the na- system. The Navy's in big trouble with this, uh, right. too. Either they're selecting people poorly, mm-hmm. their selection process is defective, or we have raised a generation of defective officers. I don't know. We'll talk about it, Steve. We'll be back okay. with more of Valor Radio in just a few minutes.
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the AM Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. Your stuff. Deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And we're back in with the Colonel and the Captain on the WYSL stations. Colonel, you are on the air. Thank you very much. So, wanted to talk about, uh, I guess, what we could call a positive report. Um, and... Uh, talk about Israel and the fact that they are doing quite well in Gaza. Um, and I'm, I'm going to compare this to our own country's experience um, and, and trying to draw... Uh, a point of reference for everyone. You know, we don't get very good news, unfortunately. And so it takes quite a bit of effort to dig through uh, to see, <coughs> excuse me, um, what's going on around the world. But just to give you an example, um, they have 
incapacitated or arrested uh, more than 20,000 of Hamas's 30,000 um, fighters. They've uh, dismantled 17 of 24 combat battalions. They've uh, recovered more than 100 hostages. I know there's still 130 or so still in captivity. Um, and this is in spite of everybody uh, pressuring them about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And, you know, they're fighting an urban battle, which is the most difficult to do. And, you know, I want to compare this for you. Um, you know, when we were fighting in Iraq, uh, you know, we were fighting, um, for instance, in, in uh, Mosul, we were fighting about three to 5,000 Excuse me, I'm sorry. And uh, with limited uh, capabilities, we were fighting in one city, and it was nine months to take them. They're fighting in seven cities and 30,000 uh, combatants, and not to mention this underground complex, military-grade complex, and, and they're just doing a great job. Paul, Paul so, do you think it has something to do with the rules of engagement? Well, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure it's uh, they understand that the only result is victory. Right. They, there's nothing else. No, there's nothing else. They, they, and, they can't have anything but victory. Right. So, but... This is how it's supposed to be done right. when it's done. Yeah. And that's all I guess I want to make that point more than anything else as we move on. I, I just want to make that point to yeah. you yeah. that um, and to everyone. They are doing a superb job under horrible conditions and just give them a ton of credit you bet. for what they're accomplishing. You, you got um, that right. And, and it's horrible. It's horrible mm -hmm. for everyone. But... They're doing what needs to be done, and uh, I give give them, the fighters, the government, mm -hmm. uh, a tremendous amount of credit the for leadership. what they've been able to accomplish. You know, having the having the stomach for the the uh, right, yeah, the fight. So, but they don't have a choice. It's about their survival now. Right. Yeah. So you can take a lesson is, from uh, them. Yeah, it's just great news yeah. that uh, in a sad situation, and uh, that being said. Um, once again, our commander-in-chief was telling these grieving families um, about losing his son in Iraq. Oh, God. Yeah, he did it again, Paul. <laughs> the same old lie. I don't know what to say. And he does it with such um, uh, gusto. Ease. Yeah, ease. ease. It's so easy for him to do it. It's just flows. reflexive, yeah. Um, he spoke um, with Oneida and Sean Sanders, the parents of specialist Kennedy Sanders, by phone. He, pr he promised them that their daughter would po be posthumously promoted to sergeant. Then he started to talk about his own son's about death. About himself, yeah. 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 It's making it about him. Now, Bo Biden, his son, is the one he's talking about, uh, died of brain cancer five years after coming home from Iraq. And he, he said, the quote was he told them was, my son spent a year in Iraq. That's how I lost him, unquote. Unbelievable. It's a lie. It's a 
it's a lie. The whole thing is nothing but a damn lie. And such an insult to the family. It, it is. But they were gracious enough to listen to him, and um, and they were happy that, to know that their daughter would be promoted. But um, he still contends, apparently in private, that his son died of exposure to toxic fumes from burn pits. Well, you know what? Uh, you you don't have any proof to make that assertion, and you shouldn't bring it up in, in mixed uh, company. You know he, what? He's just an and idiot. you shouldn't change the focus. No. Right, it's exactly. not about him. Right. It That's has a... nothing to do with him at that point. No. Uh, guys, I, I hate to uh, bring the curtain down on this part of the show, but uh, we did have planned a little tribute here. Uh, Steve's done some research uh, into Toby Keith. Who uh, has for I'll, the, I'll try since, and get through it as quick as I can since, here. Uh, yeah, since uh, watch my hand because I might be giving you a hand okay. signal. Okay. Uh, the uh, for since 2015, Toby Keith has had the theme songs here on Valor Radio. And uh, sorry to interrupt you there, Colonel, but go ahead, uh, uh, Captain. Okay, country music uh, singer songwriter producer icon Toby Keith died of stomach cancer in the last couple of days. He was 62 years old. Uh, Keith was diagnosed with diagnosed with cancer in 2021, but he kept on performing through the uh, chemotherapy, the radiation, and the surgery. Uh, it, it, he actually was helped on the stage in December at his last performance. Um, he could he could never get away from his fans. He never wanted to, to leave them. Now um, I'm the perfect person to honor uh, Keith, since as any of you who know me can tell you, I am no fan of country music. But there was always something about Toby Keith that appealed to me. Uh, I, I just like the cut of the guy's jib, as, as they used to say in the, the days of sale. And, and I remember the days of sale. Uh, he was a proud son of Oklahoma. He played high school football at, at uh, Highland West Junior High School and Moore High School in Moore, Oklahoma, as a defensive end. After graduation, he took a job as a roughneck in the Texas oil field, fields, working his way up to being an operations manager at a site. Uh, when the oil business hit a hard times back in the early 80s, he tried his hand at semi-pro football uh, at about the same time uh, that he was playing with some of the local bands in Texas. Um, a stewardess friend of his persuaded him to make a demo tape of his music, to an, uh, gave it to an executive at Mercury Records, and as they say, the rest is history. Uh, in 1993, Keith wrote, uh, co-wrote and recorded American Soldier, which is our theme here at Valor Radio, and he released it as a single. It immediately went to number one on the Billboard Hot Country uh, Songs chart and stayed there for four weeks. Um, and uh, Keith said the song was written for all the, the times that I get uh, to, to meet with the troops on these tours, and he added, this is my support for the American fighting men and women. Thank you, Steve. Very nice. Toby Keith, thanks for the songs. Thanks for being with us in tough times. We'll miss you. See you next week on Valor Radio, everyone. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone. Up and that I'm bright and early, I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success, from my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good under pressure 
being all that I can be. I can't call in sick on Mondays when the weekend's been too strong. I just work straight through the holidays, sometimes all night long. You can bet that I stand ready when the wolf growls at the door. Hey, I'm solid. Hey, I'm steady. Hey, I'm true down to the core. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost. with honor cause freedom don't come free I'm an American soldier an American beside my brothers and my sisters I will proudly take those